Wins lunch. Wins lunch. Wins lunch. Oh no. Welcome back to the number one podcast done on a balcony wins lunch. I'm here, as always, on the famous balcony hanging out, and my name is Spencer. I am Matheson. Yeah. And the first time I saw our guest today, I got to be honest, I was immediately hooked. You may have seen him on a stand-up special. You may have seen him on TV. You may have seen him on America's Got Talent, which is also, I guess, TV. TV. (laughs) Let's give a little round of applause for our friend, Michael. Yo. Yeah. Yes. What's up? How are you guys? We're good, man. Thanks good, so much man. for joining us. Uh, I love I love how you say it's the number one podcast on a balcony, which is true. I looked it up, and it is the number one show yes. on a balcony. Hell Thank yeah. Thank you the so number much. One. Number one. Yeah. It's, you know, it's, it's not our ranking system. It's yeah. the CDC, the scientists. <laughs> It's everything, yeah. you know, the CDC, you know, you can't help it if the people have spoken, you know, See, what, thank what you. you supposed to do. Yeah, I, I happen to really agree with you. Um, but but honestly, like during the intro, when I said I was immediately hooked when I saw you, I saw you want to say probably like two and a half years ago, something like that at the improv. Um, oh, yeah. And uh, I was there seeing seeing my friend Vinny Fastline. Um and uh, you were on the show and this, I, I don't know if this is a weird compliment or not, but I remember the first thing I, I, before I even was like, this guy's really funny, which you are. The first thing I noticed was your vocal tone. Ooh. Yeah. Do you get that a lot? What Like vocal tone as in how? Cause you're a singer. I know you're a singer. Mm-hmm. So you notice stuff like that. Maybe that's what it is, but it, just like, it's a very welcoming, pleasing tone when you talk like just when you speak and and your mannerisms and everything it's just very like well when i first started stand-up i remember talking to russell peters and of course if you don't know who russell peters is he's one of the biggest stand-up comedians in the world Mm -hmm. and he and he goes when you get on stage he says the biggest thing about stand-up is you have to be likable when you go on stage sure and he says you have that as soon as you go on and as soon as you smile and say your first words people like you now you got to be funny so that that's that's something i try to make people feel comfortable with me as soon as i step on the stage and to hear you say that and hold that memory for two and a half years that that means a lot so i appreciate that yeah man i mean that's literally what you just said like that's the russell peters saying is what you did to me and all of my friends that were there that night we're just like i feel like i'm friends with this guy like i feel like yeah and now we are because I'm on the number one podcast <laughs> on a patio in the hey, world. Hey, 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 hey on hey, a balcony. balcony. Oh, balcony. <laughs> <laughs> we probably have the patio. Oh, no, my bad. Yeah. I disrespected the balcony. So this has been a good fault. episode. We're going to get out of here, I think. Um, <laughs> <laughs> this has been great. You complimented me. I disrespected you. And we're out of here. Yeah, so, that's what we do. We just <laughs> have our guests on. We butter their bread. And then, and then we get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> and then you Dude, that would be a fantastic point. Can you imagine the podcast? Every podcast is like two minutes. Yeah. Just tell them what you love about them. Have them say one word. All right, thanks. <laughs> yeah, we would have. We probably have more listens, to be honest with you. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you know what? You can always try new things. Yeah, That's yeah, what yeah. I, I, only, I have one question. Are you yeah. being held captive in a basement? Or like where? Yes. <laughs> That's what... This is where my wife puts me. <laughs> you know, I got to this is. When I when I when I do my podcast, actually, this we're trying out new background. Okay, cool. I, I like it. I, I don't. I heard what no, Madison said, but I like it. <laughs> and we have a wood background, a fake wood background. Mm. Now, what I'm noticing about the brick is that, like, we're gonna have shelves in front of it, and we're gonna have little like knickknacks all over. So mm-hmm. I think it'll look good, but the lighting is a lot darker. And on the other one, the wood, it's just you know, it's just it's like fake wood. This is fake too. Like, it's moving back and forth. Uh, <laughs> and here's my picture of Dave Chappelle. There we go. Hell yeah. Right there, there we go. Dude, super dope. Yeah, I got one of Richard Pryor coming. So I'm setting up my new uh, podcast as well. So, yeah. Are you and Chappelle friends? No, I'm not friends with Chappelle. Okay. I'm friends with friends of Chappelle. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's not like being <laughs> Chappelle's friend. You know what's funny about L.A.? 
you could be in a room with somebody, and in L.A., people go, oh, yeah, I hung out with such and such. Yeah. Like, mm. no, you didn't. Yeah. You were in a room with them. You're not hanging out with them. <laughs> so I'm not going to be the guy. I've been in plenty of rooms with Dave Chappelle, but I don't know Dave Chappelle. It's so f- no. That's the funniest thing. We talk about this sometimes where, you know, in in music and acting and even, you know, comedy and stuff, like, I'll be at, I don't know, a random house party or dinner and someone will be talking like, yeah, and uh, me, you know, Justin and I, we, we went and someone's like, Justin who? Because they want you to say it and they're like, oh, uh, oh yeah, they, Bieber. They, yeah, yeah. J- Justin Bieber, you might know him. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I, I never ask. Yeah. <laughs> I, I never ask. I, when, when people say that, oh, you know, I was hanging out with Dave, you know, Dave Sh. Like, Dave oh. Sh. <laughs> Dave Sh. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, cool, That's great. man. <laughs> and I just move on because I never yeah. want to give people the, that satisfaction of, oh, like Dave who? Dave Shahu, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And the worst is like when I, I had someone one time be like, yeah, I, you know, I, we were hanging out at Austin's house and someone said, oh, Austin who? And they said, oh, he, well, he goes by Post Malone, but we, you know, our friends call him Austin. I know. <laughs> oh I know. God. I threw up everywhere. I just want to choke those people out. <laughs> I, I did actually. <laughs> Literally choke them out. Hell like, yeah. oh, stop it. Yeah. Stop it. And the worst, I'll tell you what's worse than that, is when you reach a little success and you hear your friends do that to you. It's weird. Oh. You know, yeah. like, oh, I'm just hanging out with my boy, you know, Michael. Oh, well, oh, Michael, yo, you know, he's on. Like, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm not a big celebrity or anything. But when I do a, t- a show in your town and I know you, mm-hmm. it's kind of, it's, you see the reverse of it. On a much smaller level, but still, people are coming to see you when you do stand up. So, in that club with the two hundred to three hundred people there, you're something. Oh, you hell know what yeah. I mean? You're not you're not Justin Bieber, but they want to see you perform, and it's weird. Like when I was on the Kardashians for a bit, E a bit. Dang. When I'm on different programs, you see it done to you, and it just feels weird. Yeah, mm-hmm. it feels really weird. Yeah, I feel like I. Uh... I play drums and I and Spencer and I work together and stuff, but I feel like that's the same kind of thing. Like if you get in the green room or you get on the tour bus, you know, mm-hmm. like that's like, I feel like some people don't even care. They just want to like do their Instagram selfie, like on the tour bus, oh, you know, and yeah. show that they, yeah. are, you know, in the scene or whatever. And it's just like, and what's surprising, what's really surprising is backstage, nothing happens. <laughs> like literally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Nobody's back there. Like, Performer, real performers, they do the show and bounce. They're not going to hang out at a venue. Yeah. Are you serious? Because what happens is if they're that kind of guy that likes to hook up, they got a person in the crowd that's already done that work. Those people are waiting on the bus. <laughs> and as soon as yeah. they're done, they out. They're not hanging out. Yeah, that's a very good point. I feel like if people were in our green room like an hour before the show, it's like warm-ups. Like yeah, we usually, we usually, I was going to say like, yeah. Like every we have like a everybody out forty minutes before because it's just yeah. so much when you have to talk to people and everybody's drinking and yelling and shit and I just want to like be quiet and talk through like you know our set like I know you probably you need to focus yeah yeah, yeah. well it, it's interesting different comedians do different things like I'm a very uh, like I I've seen the biggest comedians I've been in green rooms with the biggest comedians and people just I'm a guy that will talk to someone. If it's interesting, all the way till they call my name on stage. Like, I don't need, like, to zone out. Like, that's never been my thing. But I think because I'm trained that way, because I've been on radio, because I've been on live television. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to really, okay. Like, I go up and the first joke that hits me, the first joke that comes out. You know what I mean? So, I, but as a singer, I would imagine you don't want to hurt your voice. And I really do my stand-up in my own voice. So, I'm not straining it or anything. I, dr- I drink water all the time. Mm-hmm, me too. You know, I'm drinking it while I'm doing my set. So I'll finish. My goal is to finish like a big bottle of water every set unless I'm recording a special. Yeah. You know, so I'm very hydrated. I talk like this when I'm on stage. So <laughs> I don't really need a lot of like, you know, time to myself. If anything, that would drive me crazy. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's interesting because... I think I'd like that more if, yeah, I didn't have to save my voice as much. I sing very high of sometimes, course. so I got to be yeah. careful. Spencer requires eight shots of whiskey just to even get on stage. Just to get out so, of bed. Yeah, it's like. Uh, now, <laughs> for both you, 
I know. I trust me. I've been there. But <laughs> for both of y'all, how is? Uh, did y'all ever deal with stage fright, or what do you do when a show's not going well? Um, it's it's still real rough. I mean, it doesn't. Yeah. I, I would say it doesn't happen too much anymore. As far as like, I, I've you know, I've been doing this for six or seven years now, so I can kind of, I I just know what to do. Like if it's, for instance, if it's like a crap like. My kryptonite is like a crowd of only college dudes with like snapbacks and jerseys on. That is my kryptonite. Yeah. <laughs> that is where yeah. I'm just, they don't want to see me do, like, they don't want to see me do anything. So I luckily don't put myself in those positions anymore. Like if there's like a college show that is on, like, you know, like I'll make sure that it's a good fit or whatever. But for a long time, it was, re- I mean, it really shook well, me. Well, when you, dude, trust me, we got the same kryptonite. I hate to see college dudes with snapbacks. <laughs> yeah. I will. But I, I don't. Per, but you know what? Sometimes when you first start, you got to do what you got to do to get yep. the stage time to get better. But then the more success you get, you know, you start performing in front of your crowds because now they're finding you. Exactly. You know, like me, I'm married with two kids. I can't relate to a college kid in a snapback anymore. <laughs> you know, like I, no, nah, ten years ago, fifteen years ago, yeah. But now, nah, I don't want to even deal with you. You yeah, know, right, like right. I, I don't want nothing to do with you. So now I talk to married folks. I talk to people about <laughs> getting married. That's thinking about getting married. I talk about having kids like that's where I am. But I think as a musician, you will see your music changes and gets more mature. The more mature you get, you know, so 100 percent com- comedy changes as you grow. That's why I started comedy only 10 years ago when I was already in my 30s. So it's a thing where now and I'm glad I started then because Young comics tend to talk about the same things because they don't have a lot of life experience. And comedy, real good, specific comedy, Mm. what makes Dave Chappelle so good, Eddie Murphy in his prime, Richard Pryor, Bill Burr, they're talking about their real life, what's going on right now. Right, yeah. And I think if you have no life experiences, you know, if your life experience is going to school and studying for tests and trying to bang chicks, that's all your set is into college kids that would work. Right. But I did that shit so long ago, I can't even remember that. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. So, yeah. I no, I I definitely get that. It's 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 crazy that you keep bringing up Dave and Richard and and Bill and even yourself because I think I think all all you guys fit into this this like mold of not even mold, this like this this sort of comic where you're not really sitting up there um why, you know, telling jokes. Like you're literally talking about your life in a comical way. Now, that's interesting you say that because it's true. It's 100% true. Joe Coy, one of the biggest comedians in the world, right amazing. Now, is my mentor. Oh, He's cool. my mentor. And nice. He brought me into comedy. I was on Chelsea lately, and Chelsea uh, gave me a platform, but Joe Coy took me on tour with him uh, 10 years ago and really got me exposed to comedy. Michael, the best piece of the. He, uh, huh? to interject he seems to do that a lot he i have a friend named george janko who he's doing that with right now and he's yeah it's such a cool thing that he does but go ahead Sorry. he what he'll do is he'll nurture a comic and then let him go and then okay i've taught you the stuff you need to know go do it yourself you know he won't be your meal ticket for the rest of your life he he will find talent he will put him out and then it's your it's your turn to fly Cause you know what I mean? So yeah. he did that for me. And I, the best piece of advice I took from him, he told me, if you ever sit down to write a joke, and this is for me, there's other joke writer comics that I respect, like a Mark Norman, like a Sam Morell. These dudes crush. They, they write jokes. <laughs> but yeah. for me, his advice for me, because he said, you're like, I'm, I was like him. When we sit down to write a joke, don't do that. Sit down to write a story, a real life story, and then make that funny. Mm. Find the funny in that story. So that's what's different from a joke writer and a storyteller. Because I see like a Dave Chappelle, a Bill Burr, they're more of storytellers. You know, they'll go, uh, Jim Jeffries, they'll go into a long ranting bit about something with a lot of jokes in it, but it's a story more than ba boom, boom. Like, hey, <laughs> did you see this? Ba boom, ba boom, ba You know, which is cool. Yeah. But I, I, I think that's a great talent. That's mm-hmm. something I can't do, though. I, I'm not programmed like that. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you, I think you, it, there's like everybody has their own thing, right? Like another one of my favorite comedians is this guy, Pete Holmes, who's very like. Oh, I love Pete. Yeah, yeah. Pete is, you know, he tells very much jokes, like, all, and, and they hit 
so well and he has such a great thing that he does and there's a whole nother but it's it's cool that like to see everybody have sort of their own thing you know well it's like musicians mm-hmm. like some musicians can do things others can't do and i think that's why like when you go to a festival you'll see all different types of musicians on one bill and what i love about going to the comedy store laugh Factory, i'm in vegas right now but i do the seller you know oh, out yeah. of new york in vegas but it's a thing where you see great comics and what's great to see is everybody crushes, but everybody has their own style. Nobody's like me. Nobody like that's what they do so well. And it's great to see that just because one comic does well doesn't mean the other ones are going to be awful. Right, right. Yeah. You know, and you cheer for people. What in you guys being in Hollywood, the thing I love most about comedy is the, that stage is an equalizer, man. It's not racist. It's not prejudice. It doesn't care who you are. You could be the biggest comic in the world and I could come on after you. And if I'm funny, I'm going to do well. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't matter. The stage to me is the great equalizer. And when you get so many no's in Hollywood, you know, from castings, this and that, when you go up on stage and crush it, that just keeps you going, man. It's, It's an amazing feeling. Yeah, that's that's what I mean. That is really what keeps performers going is is being it yeah. because because the director, the producer can't tell you that you did anything wrong. You like you look around, you see people cheering, and you're like, "Well, I clearly am doing something right." Yeah, I mean, you know? I, I I saw a comedian. This happened probably about three weeks ago. The dude was thinking about retiring. He had a couple bad sets, you know, and he just lost the crowd. Like out of eight shows, he lost the crowd. Like. Six times. (laughs) His last two shows, he crushed it. So he went from, I'm going to retire, to, oh, my God, (laughs) I'm back. Yeah. (laughs) So so this is what's great about comedy is, like, you're only, people say you're only as good as your last performance, which some people think that's true. But this guy went from, oh, I'm done because I bombed five shows in a row or six shows in a row to, having probably the two best shows of his life. And he's going, oh, this is the other crowds were messed up. These two crowds had it <laughs> We've going all been up. there. We've all been there, yeah, you know, like yeah. reconsider your career choice when you have like I, for a college show I bombed. I literally walked off and I was like, dude, I don't know. I don't know if well, I, I think that's this. like the I think that's the beautiful thing about art is it provides that level of perspective. I mean, art humbles you it makes you more excited than you've ever been in your entire life like there's so many different things like yeah that there's been a million beautiful time. huh that is beautiful thank you i'm a beautiful fellow you know <clears throat> it's that balcony life it's <laughs> that balcony life hair um, hair just flowing in the wind yeah, it's just yeah uh, you know it's hard being this good looking no i but um, i get i get what you're saying though. yeah it's true no and th- true. that's what I, I was gonna ask you this question and i uh, i was thinking about this when you were talking about you know stage fright and performing and all this kind of stuff. I uh, there's this artist that I like. His name's Alan Stone. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but he no. uh, uh, I was tour- I got to tour with him a few years back. And long story short, he was we were talking about like same kind of question. Like, do you, do you get nervous or like you know how do you what's your mindset when you're performing? And I thought this was really interesting. I don't know if I really agree with this, but he said that like when we go up there and perform like the number one thing we're doing is playing for ourselves and for like each other. Cause it's his band is a group of friends. And he was like, if the crowd digs what we're doing, that's an added bonus. But like, that's not my number one priority. Whoa. And I thought that was really interesting because you're in entertainment, which like inherently you're supposed to be caring about like and entertaining the crowd. But he's but he puts on a really great show, and I wonder if that's like if the two go hand in hand. You know what's so interesting? You say that because you hit something right on the head. Where I've reached a point, and I've gone back and forth with comedians. Now every comedian doesn't agree with me on this one, but when I put material together, I feel that comics that always want to crush and do super well for crowds, they grow not as fast as other comics. Like, I've heard stories of Chris Rock trying out 30 minutes of new material and just bombing. Yeah. You know, at the, at, at different places. Because you got to get it out. And if you don't get out the material and work it, and you're just worried about laughs all the time, you tend to keep doing old material. Mm. 
and you don't grow. You know, they say neurons spark in your mind when you try new things and put yourself in uncomfortable situations on stage. If you keep doing what you know works, you're not doing that. and You're not growing. So I've gotten to a place now that I'm performing so much is that I will purposely go up every time and try a new joke or a new thought right off the bat and see where it goes. Because I know I have material to get out of it. Yeah. I don't mind digging a hole at the beginning of the show because I know I can get my, I mean, 99% of the time I can get myself out of it. So I actually love, I'm in a place now where it's kind of like those artists is kind of like, you're not, if, if they're a paying crowd for you, I do a lot of showcases where there's like five or six comedians and we each do like 15 minutes apart. Mm-hmm. Those type of shows, I'm not really worried about the crowd. Yeah. I'm worried about getting out the material. So if they ride along, they ride along. And if they don't, they don't. Do I want them to laugh? 100%. Now, I think when I do my own shows, I won't start with something new. I'll put it in the middle. I'll make it more like comedians do because you want people to that pay money to have fun at your show right, and exactly. like it. Yeah. But I think the, old, the, the better you get or the more seasoned you get in anything, the crowd is less important as in not that you don't care about them you're working on your art and they start to appreciate the way you work if that makes sense i make that totally makes so sense. so if i'm yeah. going into something going hey guys i'm gonna try out three new jokes today you're gonna hear them first and i'm gonna let you know they're not good right now. <laughs> so they love that you were honest with them yeah and they're on board to hear something new so then when they see it in the special, they would go, oh, my God, I saw that joke when it was sure. horrible. And now it's so they've been along for the journey. So that's how I feel that you care about the crowd. But the more comfortable you get with the crowd, the more honest you are with the crowd. And they don't care if you're not making them laugh all the time because they want to hear real shit from. you. Yeah, that's that's what I'm I mean, everything that you just said. You can't learn that starting out in like you you can tell just from your your few your couple of paragraphs there that you've done this for a long time if you you've learned (laughs) a lot um oh yeah you know my worst my worst experience was a college gig a kid raised their hand and goes when you gonna be funny (laughs) like shit but you know what to them i wasn't because i was already pat i was doing it for the money and anytime you do stuff for the money like i didn't want to be there I didn't have anything in common with them. I was on, I would move past the single life. I had nothing. And I wasn't going to do research to find out what kids thought about. Like I wasn't watching their show. There's nothing to relate to. So when he said that, I go, you know what? You're right. And I left. I was like, I, I don't even want to be here, you know? And <laughs> I, I, I told the school to keep the money. I didn't give a shit about it. Like, I'm leaving. And right then I knew I, I, I shouldn't be doing colleges anymore. But I was it was my last one uh, that I was booked for because I actually told the agent at the time, I don't want to do any more colleges. And this was the last one just to finish everything off. And it, it was terrible, but I didn't care. <laughs> it, it's horrible that I didn't care. But I at that point, I was like, I don't want to see another college in my life. Did you ever go do that showcase that comedians do where you like NACA? Yeah, na- yeah, NACA, yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what made me quit. <laughs> <laughs> NACA. There we go. Now, I mean, not the knack of, here, here, here's what I knew. And I already took this last show, which I did, and I, I checked out of mm. it. But this little, what are these girls in college? Probably 18, 19, maybe? Yeah, I'm yeah. sure. And they have these budgets, the school budgets. Mm. So these 18, 19, 20-year-old girls or, or guys, whatever. Basically, you go to this place, you perform, and then they book you at their schools. Yeah. They have all this money, but when you get there... You're like in some cl- it's not organized at all. It's in, it's in a they're playing pool while you're on. Set. It's just a terrible situation. <laughs> all I got to say, but Texas Tech, if you ever get a chance to do Texas Tech in Lubbock, they got their shit together and it's great. Great to know. But oh, yeah. but so Naka, this girl comes up to me and this is when I quit colleges. I, she comes up to me and goes, we just booked Eliza Schlesinger, who's an amazing comic. Mm hmm. And we're seeing if we have any leftover money for you. So if we do, we're going to book you too. And I looked at the agent <laughs> and I was like, oh, thank you so much, blah, 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 blah. She wasn't trying to be me. Yeah. But I looked at my agent and goes, 
I'm not doing colleges anymore. I don't want to book any new ones. And I just performed. I was like, I'm not booking any more colleges because I'm at a point in my life. At this, I was in my early 30s or something like that, or maybe mid-30s. I was like, when 18, 19, and 20-year-olds are controlling my career yeah. and telling me <laughs> my value, yeah, <laughs> I didn't work. I, no, no, I'm not letting an 18, 19, 20-year-old value me. That disturbs me. <laughs> I, you know, I've accomplished so much not yeah. to have a 20-year-old go, well, we're in, if we find the budget for you, we're going to bring you to It's like, no. No, uh, uh-uh, no. I mean, good no. for so, you, honestly. Like, seems uh, like that's what flipped in my mind. Yeah. I was like, Mm-mm. no, I'm done with this. Seems like you've never been on TikTok then, because they pretty much. <laughs> oh no, I'm not on TikTok. Yeah, it's... now I, I think I got a page, <laughs> but when I upload stuff, I don't upload it. Right, right, right. Like TikTok's right. the only thing, and I never upload stuff, mm. but it's the only thing that I opened up and had a friend just post stuff for me. Yeah, like I, I think I got like six videos. Yeah, yeah. I, I totally understand that, except I, I'm I try to post every day on TikTok, but um, on my Facebook, I, I haven't looked at my Facebook in a year probably. Someone just re-uploads my Instagram stuff to my Facebook. <laughs> well, let me tell you, I'm a I love Facebook. Like I do my podcasts on Facebook. I, oh, sick. I started I started the Morning Yo podcast like January one. And my page only had like 20, 30,000 people. And now it has 190. Nice. Now the algorithm is all messed up because you can do like 190,000 people on your page, but only like a thousand people see your videos, 1500. Right. Yeah. But the minutes they watch builds up and man, here's the thing. When I do shows, I advertise through Facebook. To me, it's the mothership. I don't care what everybody says about it. Eventually it's going to all come back to Facebook anyway because they're the mothership. Well, dude, and also it, it totally depends on on your audience and your demo yeah. because, like, I mean, Facebook, I guess if your fans are 17 years old, you might not be the best place to, to no, advertise. No, not at all. But yeah. if your fans are, you know, 28 years old, 31, 25, 40, whatever, like, that is, you're right, that's the mothership. People with families is Facebook. Now, my mom's on Facebook. So, I mean, it's over. Like, I know, like, families are on yeah. Facebook. So that's where my audience is. Like, mothers at work are watching Facebook videos. Uh, fathers at work. You know, mm-hmm. and dudes, more like bro dudes, like uh, UFC and those type of dudes, they're on YouTube. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And that's not really my audience. I, I'm starting to get into UFC. I want to do Muay Thai and stuff like that oh, just to yeah. get in shape, more shape. But... Like I know by ticket sales, Facebook is my outlet, and that's what I focus on. Yeah, you and uh, you and Rogan can fight each other. <laughs> oh and- no, hell no, he would kill me. <laughs> Rogan's leg, Rogan has gorilla legs. The dude is absolutely huge. Yeah. This dude is ripped. Like, traps on crazy. his traps. Oh my god, it's like uh, uh-uh. no way I would fight that dude. He would kill me, like literally <laughs> yeah, kill. Yeah, he would. Mm-hmm. He feels like he feels like he's just like graduated into this new mysterious plateau of just like real fame. It's like him and Chappelle now, you know, that are just it's, like it's it's great to watch. man. Yeah. I celebrate I celebrate everybody's success. I don't care who you are, because it's great that he was in the things nobody gave a shit about 10 years ago. Yeah. And now everybody gives a shit about him. But he was first. I, I describe it like Howard Stern. Shock job. He was the first shock jock. Then after it got big, everybody wanted to be a shock jock. Mm. I tell everybody, if you're the first at something, it's a big deal. People remember yeah. that, you know, mostly, you know, like Rogan's going to go down. Adam Carolla, too. Like, yeah, yeah. those two are going to go down as the pioneers of podcasts. Like, I listened to the Joe Rogan, Dave Chappelle podcast, and it was amazing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. Dave said you were liking things that nobody like he told Rogan told stories of people like, why are you going to watch people fight? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Questioning him. Yeah. You know, and he was just like, I love it. I love it. You know, and like that. I mean, it's just it's just great to see. Like I met him 21 years ago on Fear Factor when he was the host. And I was Damn. like, Damn. So, yeah. Um, here's here's a question. So obviously we, I, I know you because of your comedy, but I didn't know until I think today maybe that you were you were like, I guess, a correspondent on E! Oh, I was on E, I was on Extra, I was on Access, I was on E. Anything with an E in entertainment, I was on. <laughs> Did you? I was an entertainment news host. <laughs> you know, I worked on every show. Well, you know, yes, like. That was, I'm, on, I'm still on Wendy Williams, so I do a bunch of different That's what I'm saying. Like, you, you 
are a handsome guy. You have a great voice. Like it makes sense that you would be that. You know what I mean? Well, you know what's interesting is well, I am handsome. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> no, you're handsome too. Both of you guys are handsome. But the the thing with that is, I got to a point when you work on entertainment news, you're always giving gossip, and I got to the point where I didn't want to really be that guy anymore because hmm. your job revolves about asking questions about gossip. Now, when I'm on Wendy Williams, I'll tell the story. I'll give my opinion, not gossipy, literally my opinion. And then we move on. Wendy will say her thing. I'll say my thing. So I'm not down to be on a show like as of right now going, well, Britney Spears just came out with a new video and she's wearing this and blah, 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 blah. blah. Here's a clip. Whoa. Isn't she cray cray? You know, like I'm, I'm not that guy. Did, did you uh, like, did you ever ha- like in, in this world of being a correspondent, did you ever have. I'm sure you had quite a few wild instances of talking to people, but was there ever one that you're just like that you can think of that was a a horrible moment or a shocking moment or just like a funny time? A horrible moment to one of the nicest people in the world. So, uh, (laughs) and I and I love this woman, and I and one day I want to apologize, Mother Teresa. (laughs) No, right? (laughs) Punched her right in the throat. No, but Anna Ferris, right? I love Anna Ferris. I love Anna Ferris. Like, she's such a sweet person in real life. And she was doing my radio show. Now, my radio show at the time was on uh, entertainment. Ra- it was called, it was a ra- there was a magazine called Entertainment. I remember that. Or something. I, that. I, I forgot what it is. Yeah. yeah. Or I don't know if it's still out or whatever. But she just literally, it came out the day before uh, Chris Pratt told everybody why they divorced. Oh, shit. And I talked to the publicist. I go, we can ask anything, right? And she goes, yeah. So, of course, I'm on entertainment radio. I'm going to ask about Chris Pratt's magazine article he came out with. Because mm. I would assume she would have saw it. Well, oh, I no. told her about it. <laughs> and I could see the, like, confusion. I mean, she played it off, but I startled her. Oh, I no. messed her up. Yeah. She was very upset. In a night, she was very nice, but I could tell she was really mad about it too. Her publicist called right after and was pissed off. And I go, and our team was like, We asked, could we ask anything? And you said yes. You know? So I felt horrible because I thought, This is what I'm thinking. Because I've dealt with celebrities. They don't want to, if a public, the easy way for me to get out of everything is if a publicist says, Don't ask, because I respect public. Don't ask about that. Fine. I'm off the hook. Now my bosses can't be like, why'd you didn't ask that question? No, I'm off the hook. But this lady said, so this lady was like, it's fine. So you can ask anything. So I thought she was prepared for an answer because that's what celebrities usually do. Of course. An article comes out, they go over with PR. Okay, here's what you're going to say. So I thought in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, they're going to use this show to make a statement about his comments. And then that'll go everywhere. Yeah. And that now we're, they, she's kind of moved on with it. Mm-hmm. She was not prepared oh, for the no. question. <laughs> and I felt hor. When I say I felt hor, I felt awful. Awful. And I let it go. As soon as I saw it in her eyes, I let it go. But she did like a two or three minute answer, which made it worse. Because oh. she was trying to figure out the right thing to say. And I don't think she read it. And I just felt horrible for putting her in. I that. mean, she was probably working out her answer on live TV with you. Online, yeah. Absolutely. And I just felt so bad about it. Anna Ferris, I'm sorry. I love Anna Ferris. Yeah. She's always treated me, but I felt Well, it's lucky for you, she literally is our, uh, she's a huge balcony fan, so she does listen. So, <laughs> Oh, does she really? Okay, great. From all three of us. Anna. Yeah. I'm sorry, Anna. Yeah. <laughs> We're sorry for Michael and with Michael. And uh, yes. we apologize. So, uh, so we have a uh, a reoccurring reoccurring segment. Reoccurring. Hold on, hold on one second, Oliver. Hold on, my son just walked in. Oh um, yes. And my daughter. Oh no. Michael's kids I are here. I love it. Yeah, I, I got a lot. Hi. They're Dude, thinking about coming over. We need hugs. We need some podcast hugs. My daughter. Oh, oh no! Look at her, dude. <laughs> yeah, she looks just like her mama. She's such a cutie. Hey, hi, sweetheart. Uh, you want to say hi? Your baby I'll... voice goes so high. <laughs> no. Okay, hang on. I gotta lock this door. Dude, up. do your cool. thing. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> <My> baby girl. <laughs> hang on one second. You're guys. good, man. I'm gonna pee. It is time for an ad. 
Hey, today's episode is brought to you by Dezo. Dezo is not just your average spiked seltzer. It's actually pioneered a new category, spiked super fruit water. That's a pretty cool name. While all these other companies focus on minimizing impact, like lowest calories, lowest carbs, whatever, Dezo provides you with health benefits like electrolytes, vitamins, antioxidants. Also, this is really dope. They use gluten-free vodka, not some weird malt liquor you never heard of. With Dezo, you know exactly what you're putting in your body. Get respectfully wild with Dezo Spiked Superfruit Water. Also, listen up. Stop what you're doing. Do you like free stuff? This is this is huge right here. If you want some free Dezo, head to thefutureofdrinking.com and then click sign up for early access. All you have to put is your name, your Instagram handle, and of course your referral. Wins Lunch Podcast. And you, yeah, yeah, you could win a free giveaway. Must be 21 plus. Dezo, the official drink of Wins Lunch. Now back to the show. Dude, no, we're back from the uh, we're back from the bathroom slash adorable daughter. Um, yep. Yeah. Cut. Uh, but so yeah, like I was saying, we have a uh, we have a little reoccurring segment on the show. Let's pretend you're uh, President Yo, which is a okay. Which sounds great. Yeah, that sounds pretty good. Um, president Yo. Yeah. Um, Yo, President. <laughs> Yo, president. I can see the memes already. Yeah. Um, That's right. <laughs> and uh, you get to redo Mount Rushmore. With your four, uh. with your top four comedians, yeah, like, and it's your per, like you're the president, so not like who you think deserves it, but like, er, my four, yeah, like yeah, your, your personal four. Fifth. Oh, this is pretty easy to me. Dave Chappelle, Richard Pryor, it's quick, definitely be up yeah. there. I think um, because he helped me out in comedy, mm-hmm. I would say Joe Coy because without him, right, I I wouldn't have ever started comedy. And then I I got to put a white guy up there just to balance <laughs> it all out, well, you know. So I go between. <laughs> you don't have to. I mean, I, <laughs> you know, I'm not racist or anything. I got to put a white guy out there. You know, I like equal opportunity. Fair, you know what I mean? Fair. So I would have to say Burr. I, I love Burr too. Yeah. So yeah. But then I love Jim Jeffries. So four, those are four or five. I would, but I mean, I could name ten. Oh, okay, gotcha. You know, I I like some honorable mentions that should be up yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, oh, you know what? Bernie Mac should oh, have my gosh, dude. Thank you, Bernie Mac. You know, he doesn't even need to be with the four. He needs his own little mountain. You know, Bernie <laughs> Mac was just so incredible. Yeah. You got Chris Rock. I mean, it goes on and on. You know what I mean? Bernie Mac is one of my top three comedians of all time. He is out of all control time. funny. I ain't scared of you. <laughs> I ain't scared of you. Like, even oh, his, oh. his sitcom is just like, mm. wait, he's being, he's way too funny for a sitcom. Like, he's just, he, yeah, he is just like, he talks and he's funny. I love him, man. He's like, listen, America. Yeah. America. <laughs> yeah. <You know? laughs> listen, America. Dude, you know what he was great listen, in? America. That boy ain't right. Like, he was great in, in those Oceans movies. Oh, he yeah. was. And he, he was, was funny, really too. He had like, a smaller role, obviously, but he would get those one-liners, those little zingers in every well, once in a while. Yeah, yeah, like Bad Santa, like his few lines in Bad Santa. Yeah. He's fantastic. I mean, that that's... Bernie Mac was just the man. Yeah, and that Def Comedy Jam oh, thing where he blew up was just amazing. If you don't know Bernie Mac and you listen to this podcast, go back, just Google Def Comedy Jam Bernie Mac, and watch the whole story. They did a behind the behind the story of that set. Wow, it's amazing to see why he did what he did on that show. So it's amazing. What do you guys know about this movie? It's a deep cut Bernie Mac movie. <laughs> it's called Mister Three Thousand. Yeah, dude, the baseball movie. Hell oh, yeah. the baseball. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yep. <laughs> deep cut. I just, I just rewatched hidden, it last hidden week. Track. Yeah, it's hidden a little, track. it's a little hidden track, and it's, you know, it's like a really cheesy two thousand two movie or something. But it is fantastic. Like he's so funny in it. Yeah, he plays like uh, a baseball player wanting to make a comeback, right? Yeah, he like retires with 3,000 hits exactly, and then they look at their but record. It's, it's one left. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and he has to go back like 10 years later, and he's just like older, and <laughs> but he's still cocky. It's really good. Yeah, it, I, I, I enjoy that movie as well. It's, I mean, Bernie Mac was I, – I got to put him on the mountain. Like, but he's on a – I mean, he was just next level. Yeah. He has his own his own in front of Mount Rushmore, and then he can go behind. Yeah, I like thinking about what face Bernie Mac would be on Mount Rushmore, like mad or smiling. Is that Gene? Yeah. Right. Yeah. I think that sarcastic smile, like the yeah, yeah, that's it right there. <laughs> you know, like, 
Yeah, like exactly. that, that. He had a smile, but it was like, uh, you you about to do some shit smile. <laughs> like I'm ready for your shit smile. You know, like uh, I don't know, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Hell yeah, exactly. Well, that's a solid. That's a very. Yeah. That's a. That's an astute president presidential uh, Mount Rushmore there. So. You know, it's pretty solid. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie to you. It's pretty it's solid. rock solid. I, I'm patting myself on the back. Right All right, now. you get one rock joke, and that's it. It's rock solid. <laughs> Do you uh you got time for a couple more questions or, do, or I know yeah, you got to go. Let's go for it. Okay. I I, no, I, I had it. a uh I had I wanted I was thinking about this. I uh I won't I won't uh, out this comic, but I was at a show one time. Long story short, I was at a show one time and there was a heckler in the crowd and this very famous comic did not handle it. Was I <laughs> very there? well? Oh no, no, no. no I you skipped that there. show. And like his like this dude's girlfriend was filming and he like <sighs> ripped the girl's phone out of her hand like threw it against like it was a serious blow up. And I just didn't know if you you don't strike me as the throw throw the phone against the wall kind of guy, <laughs> but um, I mean, has there been any hecklers? Have you seen any like anything crazy like that? Or uh... you know, I mean, I've just seen videos of yeah. it. Here's what's I think different comics put out different energy on stage. Mm-hmm. Like like different comics have different sticks. Just like different singers sing. There's more confrontational comedians that don't want to have a fight with the audience, but their presentation yeah. is confrontational. Ah, fucking hate this. This is bullshit. You know, and people get riled up, mm-hmm. you know, and you know, you got come some uh comedians that like to roast the audience. And those people at times they've been drinking, they'll get mad. Yeah. I'm a dude that just comes out and has fun. So it's more of a I get heckled. But it's it's the weirdest. It's like positive heckling, <laughs> which is annoying too. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I love you. You're funny, and you're like, shut up. Yeah, right. Come on now. I know it's nice. <laughs> Thank you. Like, it, it's so weird <laughs> to be positively, positively. I mean, positive heckled. Yeah. You know, because they're throwing compliments <laughs> instead of insults, and you don't. And you're like, that's great. Yeah. Shut up. You know what I mean? So, uh, I can say out of ten years, I may have been heckled twice, Damn. but. You know, I'm not, like I said, you said it when you first saw, people don't see a nice dude on stage and go, hey, I'm a heckle. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because I, but I know a lot of comedy friends, like their thing is, you know, they talk about different things and different, and they they got the I'm pissed off type of vibe. Yeah. You know, and then when they get off stage, they're not. But some comedians have that vibe on stage and then people pick up on that and go, and they, it's funny. Yeah. But then if they say something to an audience member, that person could get mad because they're like, this dude's an asshole. Right. You know, so different strokes for different folks. Well, now that it's I'm, never really been an issue with me. Now that I'm remembering it, what you're describing is what happened. Like the dude in the audience was just so stoked out of his mind to be seeing that certain comedian. And he was just like, oh, my yeah. God, it's you. Like, this is crazy. And, these, and like he was cool. He was like, yeah, man, like, cool. And then like the sixth time it happened, he was like, all yeah, right, dude, seriously, annoying. like, I'm trying to tell jokes. And then it just. Yeah. And me, there, but. Uh, I have a coat like at my own shows in Hollywood. It's different if it's not your show, if it's a showcase show. Mm-hmm. But at my shows, anytime I say, let's get this guy a drink. Yeah. They know to take him yeah. out. Mm-hmm. You know, so oh, gotcha. I've oh, already talked to the lines. clubs. So. Yeah. Oh yeah, let's hey get this guy a drink and they'll come over and talk to him. If he doesn't settle down, they'll take him out. Yeah. So I don't I don't believe in conversation because people are crazy. <laughs> you know, so I don't want to. Yeah. It's like I'm trying to stay alive. That's it. <laughs> I I thrive on comparisons for whatever reason. I like compare everything to my own like line of work and life to understand. Oh yeah. And when I when I think of that, it's like. It's like you and like a confrontational comedian. I don't even know which one comes to mind. Like if you go see, if you see DaBaby in concert and Khalid, you're not going to get in a fight with Khalid. You might get in a fight with DaBaby. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like he puts off you that know? energy. Like he's very well, much aggressive. Here's the thing. You don't even have to be at two different concerts. What comedian? Well, that's what I mean. Yeah. I could go on before or after one of these comedians and you'll see the vibe and he could crush and do really well. But when I come on, it's my turn to reset the room and make them laugh at my style. Yeah. It ta- it's an art to, if somebody, this is what I love about comedy. It's an art to redirect a room to your energy. Got it. it totally you know, like is. with musicians, they have to set up and everything. But with a comic, literally you're on after them. And I love going on after somebody that crushes because you get to really see how good you are because 
there's ways you could just redirect energy and change the whole vibe in the room. Yeah. You know, I've made mistakes doing it, but I learned my way. And nobody can tell you the right way, mm -hmm. but I learned the way I do it, and it works now. Where before, I've made a lot of mistakes. So. Now that I'm, again, now that I'm remembering it, Donnell Rawlings was right after this guy, and he just walks up and he goes, well, that was fucking weird. And then just like, yeah. <laughs> just like goes right into his thing. Yeah, and, 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 and that's, that's his way of redirecting yeah, the energy. Uh -huh. You know, you, like I, I, tell, I tell comics that are coming up, don't try to outdo somebody that just crushed. Yeah. Recognize it, then go into it. You have to recognize greatness. I don't care if it's a nobody or if it's Bill Burr. You can't be like, Bill Burr crushed. I'm going to come in and do my... No, you... you, Because people are looking at you through an audience eyes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you have to pretend for a second you were the audience too. Like, like I went after Jerry Seinfeld three times in New York City at Gotham, his home club. Jeez. And every time, Jerry Seinfeld crushed. Uh, and it was for my crowds, right? Yeah. So all I did was... My God, Jerry, what a freak. Another round of applause for Jerry Seinfeld. Got a round of applause. And then just, wow, this is amazing. Said my first joke about New York. Boom, done. And you're in, yeah. The rest of, you mm -hmm. know, I, I recognized how great he was. I had my first joke that I knew was going to hit right out of the gate. And then, boom, I'm off and running. You know? Feels like you got you, you got to have some sort of ego control too to like because I feel like maybe and not even just some of the younger guys like anybody would would yeah feel like they need to like outdo or overshadow they feel like they don't want to like younger lose. you learn not to yeah because here's what's interesting and you you'll find this out about Hollywood or everybody when you're younger everybody thinks it's a competition right yeah when you get older and more seasoned you cheer for people yeah. Mm -hmm. Because you know you so you realize it's really not like you getting a job does not control me not getting that job. Right, right, right. They just were looking for your look and not mine. Yeah, we talk about it all the time. You know the, what I mean? In the music world, I mean, it's like for like because I'm like a work for hire kind of thing. Like, why would I like shit on this other drummer for getting a gig? Like when we're friends and like maybe he's gonna maybe yeah. maybe he's gonna give me a gig. You know, like we're gonna like maybe we're gonna help each other out in the future. It's just it doesn't make and any sense to like. And then you'll see some of your friends blow right, up, yeah. like, I mean, superstars. But you don't sit around going, man, that should have been me. No, you just keep, it, that should exactly. help you keep pushing it because now you know somebody. And if you're really good friends with them, eventually once you get to that level or a little bit, like, like they could give you opportunity, like yeah. if they really like you. You know, so you want to... To me, you want as many friends making it as you can yeah. because that gives you more leverage of it. They could give you the inside scoop. I never ask friends to get me jobs. Give me an opportunity to win the job. Yeah. Oh, better way. You of know, give it, me yeah. a casting. I, if I, if I'll send in the tape, if the tape ain't good, then it's not good. I don't get the job. But I have no problem with asking friends that are very successful to get me in to castings because it, once I reach that level, I'll get in all my friends the castings, but I will never give them, I will never overstep someone to give them a job because that's not my responsibility. For Does sure. Does that make sense? It's, and I'm talking about acting right now. It's the casting's responsibility. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Totally. Man, if, if I'm going to Hawaii this weekend, if I wasn't, I would, I, I would, we would make a road trip out to see you in Vegas, man. We got to come, we got to see oh, a show soon. Whenever, whenever you come down, let me know. I'll text you my number. Yeah, yeah. Let me know. I'll get you tickets to the cellar, and then y'all can go oh, do whatever. Yeah, I mean, dude. it's opening up July. Oh yeah. Fourth weekend is insane. I'm going to see Bruno Mars. Ooh. I'm going to see. I'm going to see. <laughs> Would you just say Bruno? They Mars? got Bruno Mars. They got uh, Usher. Oh. So listen to this. July second in one night, Bill Burr performing somewhere, Dave Chappelle performing somewhere, and Tom Segura. All three different hotels. Are you gonna? Are you Bruno Mars July second? Oh! There's like seven, and everything sold out. Like <laughs> Vegas is on fire for the July. Weekend. What the? Fuck I'm here is for. Going on? I'm That's coming. Awesome. I'm gonna come Dude. and I'm gonna break in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We're gonna break in. We're coming to see Bruno. Yeah. Um. The, oh, Bru Have you ever seen Bruno perform in Las Vegas at the Monte Carlo? Let me tell you, I've seen Bruno perform five times with my wife, and he put. He's so incredible. I don't, the, the guy is just insane. I don't think you understand. And then I'm a I'm huh? He's my he's my number one favorite artist of all time. Like that's my favorite. Oh, 
ever. He's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I would say he's up there with me. I mean, yeah. right now, yes. Yeah, yeah, that's what By I mean right far, now. To me, hands down, there's nobody like live performance. He's the only one that went on Beyonce's Super Bowl and kind of outdid Beyonce <laughs> on our own <laughs> Super did, Bowl show. Yeah. You know, it was like, okay, this dude can bring it. Yeah. You know, like Katy Perry, when she brought on Missy Elliott, everybody forgot Katy Perry was even on the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you forget where Beyonce and Bruno Mars was on the Super Bowl. That was Col wasn't that Coldplay Super Bowl? Yep. Yeah. People see, people forgot about yeah. Coldplay. You thought Beyonce and Bruno Mars. Yep. So he's incredible. It was funny though. My wife worked for Dancing with the Stars. And after we've seen him about five, six times, my wife goes, One day we're listening to this uh Leave the Door Open song. She goes, Oh my God, I forgot to tell you. Now we've been together seven years. Me and Bruno Mars danced at oh, the after man. party for Dancing with the Stars. Oh, no. I go, hold up, hold up, hold up. As wait, wait, Leave wait, the Door wait, wait, Opens wait. playing, you're like, wait a yeah, second. Yeah, yeah. I go, wait, wait, yeah. wait, wait, wait. I turned the song <laughs> off. It was like, hold up. Don't you think we've been to six shows. You had seven years to tell me this. <laughs> and now you telling me? Uh-uh. No, yeah. no. I turned. No more Bruno Mars. No more Bruno Mars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> did, did, what does your wife do for Dance with the Stars? She was a producer, one of the producers gotcha. on Dancing with the Stars, but now we have kids. We're in Vegas. She just, our first date, we talked about marriage. Like, wow. Oh, very amazing, cool. Man. Yeah. When you yeah, know, you because know. Because I was ready at that time. She was ready. And we got set up kind of on that. Hey, I was like, don't set me up with nobody that's not ready. Yeah. You know, in the next couple of years, I, I'm, I'm done with the, you know, I'm done with the player for life without a wife mentality, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I like that the Bernie Mac mentality. <laughs> yeah, the Bernie Mac secret. Um, no, that's funny, man. Yeah, um, dude, that that weekend is crazy. Maybe, I mean, yeah, no, we might have July. To. I mean, Vegas is insane. It's popping, yeah. man. I'm, we it's might popping. have to get a I, giant raincoat and then I sit to go on your shoulders and then we just try to sneak in. Yeah, we try to. Sneak. Why do I have to be on the bottom? <laughs> Better legs. Right. All right, we'll see. Uh, yeah, so it's gonna. I, I'm excited for. I'm going to see Bill Burr, nice, and Bruno Mars, and then Jesus, like there, Bruno Mars has a residency though. Oh he's yeah, he's here all the time. So, but what I'm thinking is the first show, he's got to bring Anderson Pack to do that. So that's why I mean, he's banking on the first. Yeah. Show. He's 100 percent going to do that. You have to. How can you not bring Anderson Pack on the first show? Yeah, it's it's going to happen. 100 well that's in july yeah. i feel like there might be another song or two out maybe by then hopefully like well then that makes it even well, more right, so I'm saying, yeah out. exactly which would be so it's gonna be insane man <sighs> dude do you have you got any shows coming up uh in the next in the next month so throughout? yeah so i'm at the cellar thursday through friday mm -hmm. all this month and next month I'm there every single day. We're going seven days a week because I'm practicing for my new special. I'm going to shoot in November. But June 11th and 12th, I'm in San Francisco. So, Sick. And then June 30th, I'm in northwestern Iowa doing one show at this place called Rose Garden. Oh, cool. Uh, so I'm excited about that. Dope. Um, yeah. So, yeah. So those – but. If you're in Vegas, come see me at the cellar. Dude, we will for sure do that. Dude, that's a quick... That's And I'll text you my number yeah. and hit me up if you ever come down. I can get you tickets to that. Bruno Mars? <laughs> you gotta pay for those. <laughs> I had to work so hard to get those Bruno Mars tickets. It was two years ago and I had to hit up pretty much every radio guy I knew. And I, I begged and I kept checking in and he was like... He's like, I got I got them. You know, it's the hardest but, I've ever... But you know what? Bruno stopped giving out tickets oh, yeah. to his own shows. Because you know they control the comps. Right. The artists. Uh-huh. So Bruno, after he did, he does his residency here. He'll do like twenty. I think it's like twenty-seven to thirty shows a year here in Vegas. And my friend is, she's a big wig at Live Nation, and she goes, "Yo, you got to buy these tickets." Like she gives me every ticket, pretty much to every show except Bruno Mars. Yeah, like you gotta. <laughs> no matter who you are, you buying tickets to Bruno Mars. Was, I mean, it's ridiculous. You know? God, what a cool yeah. place! Like what a what a, just a. What a power move. Just yeah. like Obama, you're not coming. Buy your yeah. <laughs> Obama, you got to buy tickets. <laughs> he he's got that Bruno's got that like and I think that's why he likes Vegas so much is because he's got that like Elvis, like James Brown, like classic oh, thing. Yeah. You know? Just Oh yeah. Like like I, I love watching him. Like I love great entertainment and he's the best in the biz at what he does mm -hmm. right now. So. Oh, it's so true. I mean, I that's why I think we both admire him so much because 
Yeah, I mean, he's a, he's a triple threat. He obviously is an unbelievable singer. He can dance his fucking ass off one million percent. He's a very good drummer and guitar player. Like, and keyboard player. And, like, he's just, and everything. So you're going there. He does have, he can play the drums. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. And he's like, also yeah. hilarious on stage. Yeah. Like, he's so funny. Yeah. Well, and the shows are so well put together, like, with his, with, like, Philip and, like, the whole, you know, all of his background singers and, like, the crew, you know, just can like. I t- can I tell you, I was Bruno Mars' first interview. Uh, really? Before his first album came out. I worked for E Entertainment. I'll never forget it. We were in Hollywood. He had this little, little studio. Is it no bigger than a, uh, somebody's small bedroom? Probably like 300 square feet was how big the studio was. It was in this broken down shack. And he was putting together his first album. Oh my God. And his first song came out. I forgot. What was his first song? Nothing on, uh, nothing on You, Billionaire. Nothing on You. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that started to take off. So this was at the beginning of that. Wow. And I remember after the interview. I don't have it on me. It's in my. It's in the storage because we're moving soon. But in in storage, he signed. One of my friends knew him as a kid, and he sent me a picture of Bruno Mars dressed up like Michael Jackson that he his mom took. And so I made a copy, and Bruno signed it. Oh, dude! And I, I it, it was such a great yeah. moment. But Bruno, after the interview, asked me like five times, "Did I look okay? I just don't want to look." You know, like he was so insecure about how he looked on. And seeing, seeing him today, him now, yeah. how one of, he's the most secure dude in the world. <laughs> but to see that, you know, hope I make it, you know, I, I'm very, like, it was so insecure to see him at that moment. Have you seen that picture of him looking at Pete Wentz? I think it's Oh, yeah, good. it's so good. It's so good. Like, he's like, whoa, he's like it's Pete He's, looking Wentz. behind them, like, he's like him and Philip Lawrence. Yeah. I don't think I've seen that. That yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah. yeah. Him and Phil are walking on the street, and he's like, he's like shocked that he's saw. Is Phil his right-hand man that's been there from the beginning? Yeah. yeah. The guy with the glasses. Yeah, yeah such a cool dude. <laughs> such he's so cool funny, dude. man. Yeah. He's, he, like th- them two together, like you can tell they've been friends for a decade and a half. You know, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Well, I, I love. Uh, like I said, I interviewed that one time, and to see him blow, it just makes me feel good. It makes me feel good. Hi, I'm your inner dream monologue, and you're fast asleep. So I'll be quick. Great job using the Colgate Optic White Overnight Teeth Whitening Pen before bed. When used as directed, it gives you a visibly whiter smile in just seven days. So while I fly and talk to animals, you're removing teeth stains with ease. Sweet dreams. And when you wake up, keep on living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Dude, I love I love your outlook on life. I love... Uh, I, I expected you to be a, a kind person, but um, it's been awesome. I did not. Yeah, he, he had... I, I know. I he know. had horrible... Hit a horrible outlet. <laughs> um, where can the people find you on the old internet? Oh, the internet, the the web. The web. Uh, at Michael Yo, and that's Y O. Don't spell it weird. Like yeah. people go Y O E Y O E. No, just Y O Yo. Michael Yo on Y-O-H. Twitter, Instagram. Your podcast and then is on check out Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Podcast is on Facebook or wherever you stream. Yeah. Uh, podcast. It's called Morning Yo mm-hmm. with Michael Yo because I usually do it in the morning. Great name. There you go. Hell yeah! Well, we have a we have a couple final questions. And quick, then we'll, quick and then we'll get out of here. By the way, really quick, just some housekeeping. When we end this, don't don't sign off because we got to do okay. something afterwards. But it takes like okay, cool. twenty seconds. Yeah, I'll just, like, <laughs> okay. really quick. But um, so we like to end these episodes. Just we're gonna give uh, one word to describe our day mm-hmm. today. So okay, uh, we can go first. You know, a little wrap up. Well, now I feel bad because mine's frustrating. But that's your word. Yeah. Why? Well, I I just moved into a new house and, and like I said I play drums and I've been trying to like work out my new practice situation and it's been a little a little bit of a headache and it's just been a little little bit of frustrating. But to be fair, it I always I always look forward to doing these. And you were you know you're okay you were an okay guy so yeah was- <laughs> you're an okay guy too. I know I know I know how frustrating it could be moving into a new house. Yeah, yeah I know that's so sad. No, let's be honest. He's moving into a new apartment, Michael. Yeah, so. let's, let's oh, okay. No, let's slow same down thing. Here. We do I call it a house. We do well here, uh, but we don't yeah. do that well. Yeah, let's. Uh. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say my word is better. And I say that because I got my vaccine yesterday morning. Hey, there you go. And all last night I was tossing and turning with a fever, just just really having a hard time sleeping. And 
honestly, since a few hours ago, I just started to feel so much better. And uh, and I had a nice blue bottle cold brew coffee. It's not a sponsor. I really wish it was. <laughs> and uh, I feel I just feel fantastic. And we had a great conversation. So I would say I would say better is my one word. Which for blue today. bottle? Which blue bottle? Where's it at? Uh, it's over. It's by me in Studio City. Do you know where that Trader Joe's and Mendocino Farms is? Of course I do. I know. I, I used to live in Studio City before I moved. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I live I'll uh, tell you. Uh, three blocks away from Aroma. I'll t- oh, we we yeah. were we were about a half mile away from each other. I'll tell you. I'll tell you where as soon as we end. <laughs> mm. Give us. Give us. So that my one word is grateful. Hey. Grateful. Hell yeah. That's it. I mean, I'm grateful that I'm alive. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my kids. I'm grateful I got to do this podcast. So that's my outlook every morning I wake up and say what I'm grateful for. I'm grateful just to be breathing. So there you go. Seems like you got it all figured out, Michael Yo. Dude, that's a great attitude. We're trying. We're trying. Well, we have a we have one final question and we just need a we just need a gut reaction. Gut right. reaction yep. answer. Here we go. Three, two, one. When's, When's lunch? lunch? Whenever you want it to be. <laughs> Hell yeah. Michael Yo. <laughs> <laughs> When's lunch? When's lunch? When's lunch? Oh no.